welcome to Upbringing, where Hannah and Kelty, twins, mothers, and works in progress. Upbringing is a movement that empowers us all to engage bravely with the hardest aspects of parenting, to create positive change in ourselves, our families, and the world. Join us to build intention, elevate skills, and align our parenting practices with our greatest ideals. When we practice trust over fear, connection over control, and progress over perfection, we're not just raising our kids, we're raising ourselves. Let's show up and grow up. Today's episode is supported by Tradlands, high quality, sustainably crafted essentials for women inspired by classic menswear. Tradlands is produced ethically using recycled high quality materials. So visit tradlands.com and enter code upbringing15 for 15% off your purchase. Now on to our empowerment. Welcome to today's empowerment. We're not done yet. Wah, wah. I mean, woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> it's our it's our last empowerment episode. We said that it was last last time, and it's not. We're, we're adding one. We more. weren't done yet. We weren't done yet. <laughs> we needed to do one more. Oh, it feels good to be here. It does, and we typed our notes out this time a little bit, so little. we're not going to be having to um, figure out my random scrawl like last a uh, couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, Kel, you always give such a great introduction to these empowerments for those who may not be familiar to them okay. or with them rather. I'll try. Um, okay. And I think we might be reworking these empowerments a little bit for next season just for on the website and as a resource. But basically the empowerments help us get into these sort of big value systems around our approach to parenting. Mm-hmm. And I guess they really began as we were reading more and more, reading more research, reading more parenting books, reading more personal growth books. We started to feel a little bit uncomfortable in moments of conflict with our kids because the way we were interacting with them in these in these tough moments didn't really connect to what our greatest ideals for, for our um, sort of skills as parents or mm-hmm. our greatest ideals for what we wanted our kids to become and who we wanted our kids to become. You know, we're like, we want them to be responsible, thoughtful, um, helpful, helpful, empathetic, (laughs) um, you know, respectful, all these things. And then we're just like, oh, holy shit, I'm not seeing any of that. In fact, it feels like very much the opposite. Um, And then having to sort of um, sit that up next to the research we were reading, which basically told us all of these are healthy all of these things are normal all of this is important that it's happening and it matters a great deal how we interact Mm -hmm. with it so we had to rewrite some of our beliefs right we did and we would just take a belief like negative emotions are really shitty Mm -hmm. and we were and we would read about how actually to build emotional intelligence and support that in our kid is incredibly important and that begins with welcoming all emotions hence the welcoming all emotions empowerment Mm -hmm. or you know, we get frustrated because our kids couldn't just do something that we needed them to do. And it's such a hard thing to be constantly um, feeling like we had to do it for them or make them do it. And research shows that working collaboratively uh, collaboratively <laughs> with our kids side by side is how they learn. Mm-hmm. And so we, we parent side by side. And all of these are we, too, which I think is really important because... In our, you know, child-rearing climate these days, so much about it is like what the kids should be doing. All of our beliefs are around they should be doing this, they shouldn't be doing this. Mm-hmm. And parenting and this experience that you and I are in, Kel, we really think it's about us. Um, it's about looking at our behavior, our beliefs. That is the most important thing. Yeah. And it trickles down to our kids, their behavior and their beliefs ultimately. Yeah, instead of controlling 
um, we focus on what we can control, which is our own thoughts mm-hmm. and beliefs and feelings and actions. And right. essentially, the empowerments are about trusting more and controlling less. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's a it's a tough number, but, yes. But we're working on it, and it's, it's yeah. the practice of parenting. But this particular empowerment hand, mm-hmm. do you want to read it? I'd love to. Okay. Are you going to do it in a British accent? Not this time. Please? No. Uh, We're not done yet. We may be grown-ups, but we aren't done growing. We want our journey as parents to be about progress, not perfection. So we begin each day fresh with the acknowledgement that we have just as much growing up to do as our kids. Mm. This is the first one on our empowerment page for a reason. I think it was sort of, in some ways, the the beginning of upbringing. Mm -hmm. As we were realizing this, we became parents and... We were like, wow, we, we, we have a lot to learn. Well, and we, you and I, Kel, we were winging at people. We oh, would yeah. just skate by Anyone not who studying knows us on a test. Up. We would just not go to practice. This is like back in high school. We had to go to practice in college, water polo or swimming. But, you know, we would just kind of skate by on our on our talents or on the very little practice we'd had. We felt very, you know, generally comp- competent and competent. Um, and then when we had kids, we were like, whoa. It does not feel good. This whole not knowing thing. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do about it? We yeah. can't just pretend we know everything this time. We can't just skate by. This is a human being yeah. we're uh, raising here. But so it got a little real. I think that it's, you know, it takes that official acknowledgement of yeah. I just, I'm, I don't know everything. I'm learning. I'm growing. And that we're unlearning a lot as yeah. our kids learn. Mm-hmm. That's it's, so true. It's been a big one for us. Yeah. I think that in... You know, in our culture and, you know, especially with social media, um, all the stuff we see online, we, you know, you felt it. We felt it. There's this idea of a the di- perfect parent. A, yeah, the perfect of, parent, basically. Yeah. And there's so much pressure out there. We see so many pictures and the pressure is really unrealistic or the, the pressure is very real. And but the expectation is incredibly unrealistic, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I think that even beyond social media, we all grow up believing it's our job as parents. This belief in who we are and what we do as parents, it's to teach, it's to build, it's to mold, it's to instill. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the idea of what a teacher was back in the day, where it was like, you will get knowledge into child's brain. Like that was literally what people thought teaching was until more research came out about how kids and people actually learn. And it's through this collaborative um, inquiry based um, with agency and independence and all of these things. But the same thing applies to parents that we just have this belief for some reason that it's our job to create, to mold. And that is based in a, a real um, lack of trust in in children and a, a belief in them as not um, able to grow and learn and be on their own without us. It sets us up for a really imbalanced system <laughs> yeah. right from the get-go. It's like you know? a mass conspiracy to yeah. think that, that that's our job. And that, you know, yeah. it's like a God <clears throat> complex or something. Well, that turns into like an imposter syndrome because none of us can be perfect. None of us knows everything yet. There's definitely that idea out there or a belief that all of us have a little bit of it, at least, that we we should be knowing this stuff, that we have a huge job to do. You know, you've brought up before, Kel, like, what age are we supposed to be done? Like, done, ding, I'm good. Now I can teach somebody else. I'm a fully formed adult, (laughs) a human being. I'm not, and not perfect, but just, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, I don't know. I um, the more that we've been parenting and growing up, I think that I've been thinking a lot about how students learn, how kids learn, how we learn, and it's all about by doing. 
It's mm-hmm. not by listening or being lectured. By showing. It's by watching yeah. and, and showing. Um, you know, and I think that no matter what agenda we have as parents, no matter what we think we need to teach or what we think we are teaching our kids, the biggest way we teach our kids who to be and how to be is just by living ourselves, just by us moving through the world because yeah. they watch everything. You know, yeah, that's like it's the, not just the explicit <clears throat> moments; it's the implicit times, which are like ninety percent of the time they spend with us. Mm-hmm. They're implicitly learning. It's like the um, Brene Brown quote from Daring Greatly. I think she said, "Who we are and how we engage with the world are much stronger predictors of how our children will do than what we know about parenting." In terms of teaching our children to dare greatly in the never enough culture, the question isn't so much "Are you parenting the right way?" as it is "Are you the adult that you want your child to grow up to be?" Mm-hmm. No pressure. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. But that's the thing; it's a lot of pressure. <laughs> it, does, it could feel like a lot. And we of pressure. can't just say, "Oh, our kid was born like this," or "Oh, the culture is this." It's not just biology. It's not just culture. It's not just what I'm reading in a book that's working or not working. It's something about us within us mm-hmm. that's the biggest influence. That's really fucking scary. Yeah, that's a, a, a like. I mean, it's where all the the. It's one of those where it's really scary, but it's also actually in our hands. <laughs> Yeah. You know, it there's could, a lot of power and it, potential in it. You could look at it as a scary pressure filled thing, or you could look at it as like mm-hmm. this really neat opportunity yeah. that we have control over in a way. Yeah. I think that there, uh, that pressure, though, can really make a lot of us feel like we're all faking it till we make it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I think we're also in a culture um, sort of in that parenting pendulum swing mm-hmm. that you talk about where it was sort of like the hyper parenting of the 90s and that era and um, the helicopter parenting and all of that. Like mm-hmm. we're in this new sort of winging it, swinging it mm-hmm. phase a little bit. <clears throat> I think that both pendulum swings, any extreme is not good in culture necessarily. And I think that the pendulum swing from hyper parenting to kind of like winging at parenting are both based from an insecurity, based from fear mm-hmm. that, you know, I'm so scared about my kid growing up badly because of me that I'm either going to dive in and over control and hyper parent, or I'm going to just wing it. When's it wine o'clock? I'm momming so hard. I'm, we, you know, weird parenting wins, that kind of stuff. And I think both of those things are giving up this opportunity. They're saying this pressure is too much for me. I'm just going to pretend it's not happening or I'm going to just be like assume the identity and go crazy about yeah. it. And neither <clears throat> of those is that helpful to us as parents. That's not fun. Well, I think it's <laughs> it's um I think this new wave is great. It's mm-hmm. it's taking the pressure off. And I think that's the the yeah, the, the, the first step. The first step is yeah. saying you're doing great, mom. You're mm-hmm. doing great, dad. Mm-hmm. Everyone's doing their best. Stop stressing out so much and mm-hmm. worrying so much. Great. Perfection is a myth. Yeah. Great. Great. Yeah. And I love that that's coming out more in our, our culture now. But my worry, not worry, but like my question is, what's next? Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about this so much because the acknowledgement that we're not perfect isn't the end of the conversation. Right. It's the beginning. Exactly. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's it's like, and then what? Mm-hmm. You know, and, it, and not to put more pressure, but to say, great, we took the pressure off. Now, what, what are we going to learn? What are we going to do? How are we going to grow? Mm-hmm. And it makes me think of Carol Dweck and the growth mindset so much. Mm-hmm. So much of we're not done yet as an empowerment is about growth mindset. It so is, Kelty. You know? Yeah. Um, can you give like a definition sure. or anything like yeah, that I guess for a, anyone a who's growth unfamiliar? Mindset is basically the belief that our intelligence and our abilities can be improved with effort and the right strategies. And a more <clears throat> fixed mindset, on the other hand, is the belief that our intelligence and our abilities are 
basically stable and unchangeable. But I think that this growth mindset is this mindset, particularly as far as um, work ethic and challenges and success and um, performance go. Mm -hmm. But you can apply the growth mindset to anything. It's basically non-binary thinking Mm -hmm. (laughs) over fixed mindset, which is binary thinking. So you can think of it culturally. This is more kind of um, research-based thinking of it, but Mm -hmm. it's it's the same... um, basic concept theory. Yeah, yeah concept and we talk so much about binary thinking in i feel like every environment uh-huh. episode we yeah. talk about it but um I, I read an article recently that carol dweck wrote up with she had this concern so she was kind of like revisiting the growth mindset mm-hmm. and was talking about how her concern was that people were taking it and saying okay so all i have to do is just just praise effort and be like yes you tried okay everyone's smart um good job buddy good job <laughs> everyone's smart good job instead of kind of getting back in there and 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 like like the whole parenting pendulum swing mm-hmm. saying now what what's next let's analyze what could have gone wrong what Mm -hmm. happened and people are just stopping at the just like our new our parenting thing and being like good job mom we're good we're all good Mm -hmm. and not doing the what's next it was a really cool article i'll put it in the show notes if i can find it again um but yeah so it's a growth mindset isn't it is it's not just saying it's basically i mean in a in a nutshell saying don't praise outcomes because praising outcomes how someone's performance if you only say good job when they make a basket then you're setting an expectation for your kid that they will get praise and that they're a good person worthy of your attention and your positive reinforcement when they score when they hit a certain thing and so if they don't what does that mean and so growth mindset is saying instead of saying oh you made the basket good job instead of doing that say I'm, you're working so hard at practicing those basketball hoops, you know, or whatever. And you you say the same hoops. thing whether they make a basket or not. <clears throat> right, whether right. they make one or not. Or, and then they make one and they say, you worked so hard to get that basket. You practiced mm-hmm. so many times. You must feel really proud of yourself. Like, what's next? Um, but it's, I think what Carol's concerned there is saying, <clears throat> if you just say, yay, you're trying, yay, you're trying, that's also just kind of, it's, it's not really... Um, substantive enough to really help them move forward yeah you know what i mean well i think a lot of her research is around um schools and and teachers so a lot of it is like okay so you know you got an f on the test you really tried but then Mm -hmm. being like okay now (laughs) okay gotcha what what did we miss here what Mm -hmm. concept this and kind of leading in and it's not like we need to be like busting our kids balls for not making a a basket and being like well what's wrong with your wrist let's look at how you're Uh finishing that shot or whatever (laughs) yeah so again it's not too it's it's it doesn't need to be permissive either, kind of in that weird right. way if we're talking in extremes. Yeah. Okay, thanks just for clarifying about that a little. More just concept-wise. Uh-huh. What else do we have? I don't know. I think in general, and I think we'll come back to the growth mindset a little bit later, um, but I think the growth mindset is going to weave through this naturally. It's this idea as a parent that we're having to look at what we believe is is makes a person worthy what we believe makes a person feel good and we were all raised in a in a huge um way to be a fixed mindset child where we got praised for those things and it's really hard to change our minds and start behaving a different way with our kids and be thinking a different way about all this you know mm-hmm. um you wanted to talk about ego a little bit right I how did. does this how does I that guess the moments that i'm not acknowledging that i'm 
that I have more growing to do, I feel Mm -hmm. like it's because my ego is taking over a little bit. Mm -hmm. Being like, you know that, you're good at that, you figure this out, you're, you you know, don't admit any vulnerability, Mm -hmm. you know, or say that you don't know, or say that you were wrong, or say that, Mm -hmm. you know, that you're struggling. Mm -hmm. And I have to just kind of pat my little ego on the head and be like, it's cool, I got this, Mm -hmm. you know. Well, but I mean, our little ego is like, I was thinking about how, you know, based on the typical way of like the parent-child relationship, it's it sets up a, a precedent for a, a lot of difficulty. Like the, the parent-child relationship is in, I'm the parent, so I'm right. But that, you know, unconscious logic means that then the child is wrong. Mm-hmm. If I'm the parent and I know everything or I know the most, then what does that mean? That my child doesn't know anything or knows the least and like what kind of potential does that set up for growth and for growth mindset between the two of us you know um and then i think too that we were that child once where we didn't know enough and we messed up and we messed up and and we were not pray you know like our mistakes did not go over well and so then we get into this role as a parent and all of a sudden i think it can be so attractive to be like oh my god finally i'm on top I don't have to be the one that doesn't know the things and isn't good enough and isn't big enough. And and it's really hard not to abuse that power at times. I find myself feeling like I get this now. I get to be in charge. I get to be in power. And I think so many of my, personally, my struggles in parenting are in those moments when I'm, excuse me, when I'm, I'm kind of reliving and, and, soothing the little child within me that didn't have a voice or didn't have agency mm-hmm. or didn't have respect or wasn't trusted or you but know I, what I mean yeah but I think that that and then that that's how you perpetuate is the little ego that we're right. talking about yeah I mean I think that that's how but that's how inherited legacies are perpetuated mm-hmm. between families just keeps going and keeps going right. where everyone's finally like oh I'm not the kid anymore I get to be the one in power and what upbringing talks about is like how can we dismantle that that you know, really imbalanced system and relationship between parents and kids, Mm -hmm. right? Totally. Okay, so we're not done yet basically means that we're redefining what perfect should be and what perfect actually looks like. And you and I call that progress, Progress. right? Yeah. Progress, not perfection. Mm -hmm. Instead of, you know, I think all of our phrasing and upbringing and that come into this and weave through this episode of we're not done yet are are really flipping our mindset. And and instead of saying perfect, saying in progress. Instead of saying hard stuff sucks, we say the hard stuff's the good stuff. Instead of saying these are stumbling blocks, we say these are building blocks. Instead of we know best, we say we're not done yet. That's a good thing. Instead of we're raising our kids, we're all growing up together. Um, and I don't think that these are platitudes or useless mantras. Yeah. These are phrases <clears throat> that we're really helping to helping us to assume the mindset and align more authentically with reality because reality isn't perfect. Reality isn't conflict-free, right? So that we can actually create some positive change instead of kind of perpetuating these ego-driven power uh, dynamics between us and our kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think so much of we're not done yet is just saying that if we can live with vulnerability and humor Mm -hmm. and bravery and resilience and effort and awareness that that's going to naturally affect how our kids grow up, what they Mm -hmm. see, how they interact with us, and how they're growing up alongside us. You know, Mm -hmm. like we talked about before, modeling is the biggest teacher, you know? And we 
it's it's hard to be like you have all this growing up to do but i'm good mm-hmm. and that's really what upbringing began as was being like oh no when i think that's good. where all the conflict comes in relationships is with the belief that one person needs to change and the other person doesn't mm-hmm. any growth any relationship is about two people changing and that includes parent and child not just partner and partner or yeah. partner person and friend i want to get know? into some examples if okay. anyone's still with us dear god <laughs> um but just how we're trying to live by the word not done yet and practicing the growth mindset so that our kids okay. so we're practicing it ourselves we're practicing it with our kids so that they can be learning it as well okay first one what's an idea Kel I I just try to practice saying I don't know to myself mm-hmm. I say it in the mirror sometimes to my kids often it takes a lot of practice mm-hmm. and it's kind of like I've talked about apologizing too. just start apologizing all the time and not in a like sad like anti-feminist, anti-feminist way, way yeah. but just like, I'm sorry that you feel that way. Just practicing I'm sorry saying, that I'm sorry. I'm sorry you. that Isn't happened to I'm, you. I'm whatever. But yeah. what we're really saying is, I don't is know I everything. Don't know. It's, an, it's a reminder and an acknowledgement to us that we're human, we're vulnerable, mm-hmm. and that opens us up to the potential of learning. If we know everything, then we can't change. Mm-hmm. So we have to say that we don't know in order to grow. Yeah, it gives, yeah. it's like saying I don't know isn't a, a beat on me. It's giving me permission to mm-hmm. learn something. And and it, may, it really reminds me of people that I've known, like cast your mind back to people you've just met or your dearest friends. And, and I feel like the people who can just be like, oh, so this actor, nope, never heard of him. And everyone's like, what? And they're like, yeah, never heard of or him. Or trivia, like, this piece of history, no idea, No idea, people. never I'm gonna, heard I'm gonna give of it that a Civil War fact, uh-huh. sorry. You know, that there's such but bravery. But I wanna know, tell me. Yeah, there's such beauty and bravery in just being like, I don't know. And we have those, those acquaintances too, where we're like, this person is full of shit. They yeah. must be so insecure because they're pretending they know everything. Like I know it's people really where they like watch. cut me off being like, I know, I know. And it's like, okay. Hmm. Yeah, but I, res- I respect <laughs> that vulnerability, that yeah. honesty, and then that curiosity to to learn. Yeah. And when I see that in people, I'm like, you, yes, that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to try to be more like We that. can have <laughs> a real conversation and maybe a relationship. And yeah. I think our kids know when we're full of shit too. They totally do. They totally do. Yeah. And I, there's nothing wrong with saying, you know, I don't know why stars, blah, 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 blah. Or, you know, I don't, I don't know why we needed to, why I forgot, blah, 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 blah. Or why so-and-so said that to you. Yeah. You know, but we we put that pressure on ourselves to have all the answers for our kids because we're in that very, you know, we have so much responsibility Mm -hmm. in our role as parents that I feel often we can just be practicing saying, I have no idea. And then what? And then, and then what? And explore that together yeah and that yeah that gives our kid a lot more opportunity to to learn things and to figure things out without just getting the answer but to come along on the the why do you think it is or what should we do next wagon Mm. with us what's something else we try to do to be practicing growth mindset and stuff we are definitely learning about the brain and we are trying to teach our kids about it as much as possible i think that in my mind i'm like kids can't understand about the brain or about what our emotions do or how our brain grows or what's um you know what dysregulation is um how we can calm ourselves but kids have they totally grasp that shit and i think that just knowing in general about those things ourselves helps us respond more um, respectfully and calmly but i also think it just 
it models um, just greater awareness, uh, the underlying needs, the underlying skills, what's underneath to our kids, which is really important and, instead and, of just how things look or what behavior right. is happening. That there's something going on underneath there. Yeah. And I think it also promotes this concept of fluidity mm-hmm. like and, and just general growth. Our brains are changing and growing all the time. We can rewrite neural circuitry. Mm-hmm. You know, people can learn and totally change their minds about things like just all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, less of the binary, mm-hmm. more of the the diversity of experience and influence. And, right. Yeah. And in that same vein, we can be talking about the two mindsets. Mm-hmm. Like our kids are not too young to to learn about growth mindset versus fixed mindset and and creating not, you know, an awareness of mm-hmm. what we're talking about and why we're phrasing things this way. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to all be just subtle modeling, you know. Yeah, so it can be more explicit about sure. it. Sure, but I think even just if we're modeling a growth mindset, that's another one, <laughs> you know, saying instead of, oh, I suck at this. Or I can't do or this. Or I can't do this. We can say, this is hard for me. I better keep practicing at this. Mm-hmm. Or I haven't learned how to do this yet. Yeah, just the magic know. word yet. Yeah. Adding that to the end. We're not done yet. Yet. Yeah, right. We totally did. We did it. Yeah. yeah totally. And in, in that modeling, I think another thing we're trying to do is just showing our own struggles mm-hmm. and not being like a big old mess in front of our kids all the time, no. but just to, in, in an effort to normalize quote unquote mistakes. Or not be, and not being like, I failed. That's not showing our own struggles, but to say, there was this time when I was struggling with this this or, or i was struggling I was, with this yesterday yeah. when i screamed at you mm-hmm. and i'm so sorry so much of it is apologizing circling back mm-hmm. telling stories about times we were challenged normalizing know? our mistakes to show that the only way to grow is from making mistakes which is very counterintuitive to how we most of us were raised you yeah know? okay what else well which leads me to say don't punish mistakes oh yeah i think it's it's so, you know, we think in our culture that to make somebody not do something, you should punish they them. They have to learn. They have to they learn. learn. But putting negative, you know, associations to learning opportunities, essentially, tells our kids not to try, not to risk. to If they make a mistake, which they're going to, to hide the mistake, to lie about the mistake, to not voice their opinion because maybe it's wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like punishing mistakes teaches them, oh, only these certain mistakes you shouldn't do. But and other mistakes are good mistakes. No, they be, they learn to believe that all mistakes are bad. And, do you know what and, I mean? The and, logic applies across the boards, they, and they run the risk of just yeah. li- living in fear mm-hmm. of uh, getting in trouble, mm-hmm. or you know, an adult, you know, having that adult in the yeah. back of that self policing, yeah, kind of thing. Totally, yeah. So we need we want to be sensitive about that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then in, into the praising thing as well. We talked mm-hmm. about praising effort over outcome right you know and what does that look like like instead of saying you're so smart or you're so fast you'd say something like you worked really hard you're gonna keep going until you figure that out Mm -hmm. you know and i remember reading one of carol dweck's things maybe when she was working at university of chicago not at stanford but she did a study about how mothers praise their babies age like one through four or something so like saying what kind of like what, oh, they call Just it the, people praise, right? right? The, the, okay. the, two, the two ways there was people praise versus process praise. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's growth mindset so versus foc- mindset. focusing on the person. Like if you're doing this, you're such a good whatever. Mm-hmm. Or process saying you're working really hard. So it's focusing on what they're doing versus who they are. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. Yeah, and, okay. but there were crazy results. The process praise basically predicted the child's success in school and desire for challenge for wow. like grades and grades and grades on. So if you're going to say anything, focusing on their process and their effort and their effort 
helps mm. them way way more than focusing yeah, th- on they're game for a challenge yeah why would we, anybody be game for a challenge if their sense of self or their identity or lovability is at stake yeah it's just it's so counterintuitive though. i know like, like that, and that kind of i want to say you're so beautiful know, you're so smart you're leads, perfect that leads into the other thing that we're trying not to do which is uh, not labeling and we talk mm-hmm. about this in so many episodes like just dispensing with this binary thinking that is mm-hmm. so ingrained in our culture you're so pretty you're so smart you're so fast you're so good mm-hmm. you were so good on that airplane that really gets me when oh, people yeah. say that to my kid and i end up barking at them being like they could be not good if they wanted <laughs> like, <laughs> they have the right to be however they want sometimes too and that's fine. and i love them anyway uh-huh. yeah <laughs> but i think that i think all of us are very aware of negative labels mm-hmm. you're lazy you're messy Obviously, that's in the back of our minds not to say those things to our kids because they internalize them as I'm that person because mm-hmm. my parents told me that. And that's but, where, but labeling positive things is is the is, really scary thing too, where we think, well, it's a positive label, but positive labels hold them to an expectation in their minds that they have to be that all the time, which no one can be anything all the time. Yeah, maybe they didn't even assume or believe that label about themselves in the first. That's place. like that one. Um, was it the book Beauty Sick? I think mm-hmm. all of her research pointed to the fact that girls who grew up in a house where they were even lovingly praised for their looks ended up being more insecure about Mm -hmm. their looks than kids whose parents just didn't really talk about them at all, Mm -hmm. which is so crazy and backward. I know. I want to have her on the podcast. Yeah. Renee England. Um, But anyway, so the whole labeling conversation really leads into... The positive self-talk mm-hmm. because those labels i believe become our negative self-talk in mm-hmm. our brains mm-hmm. you know that we talk about the ways that we become our child's inner voice right and that is terrifying mm-hmm. but really really important to be considering the ways that i label them positively and negatively can can become their inner voice mm-hmm. can become their negative self-talk one I day always this i never this mm-hmm. you're more this and you're more that you know, yeah. it's so easy. Or for I'm us good to do at this. Those. I'm bad at that. I remember mm-hmm. mom always being like, "I'm bad at math. Your dad's gonna have to help yeah. you." Guess who else thinks they're bad at math? We do. Me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally. I know. It's it's been a struggle to just. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a struggle, mm-hmm. but I think so. Using positive self talk is something we can do in front of our kids as well. Mm-hmm. Not just practicing for us, but they can listen to where we'll say something like, "This might take some extra time." Instead of, "I'm not good at this." Mm-hmm. Or instead of, instead of like, yeah, I'm good at this thing, you could say something like, I've practiced a long time to get where I am today doing mm-hmm. this. Right. Or, or, you know, something like, I haven't quite figured out how to do that yet. You mm-hmm. know, things like that. Just All of this just sounds like such silly, foofy talk. But what we're trying to say is let's get out of the binary living of this or that. Let's get a little more nuanced in that gray area, that middle way between win and lose, good and bad, perfect, imperfect. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's where people have permission to be who they really are. That's where the real growth and the real connection without the fear and expectations um, can really thrive, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's not, you know, I don't think we can ban the fixed mindset. I think we can it's just always there. work on the growth mindset one, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, and I don't hold each other not, to it. The times that I find myself saying something very binary mm-hmm. and hear you say, but Kel, you know, you just haven't figured that out yet. Or we're going to get, we're going to keep plodding along and figure it out. And we can all be that reminder for the people in our lives as well. And it's not like saying we shouldn't um, celebrate our progress or say, wow, I'm not, you know, I'm getting really good at this or I achieved this. That's awesome. That is not to say that we shouldn't pat ourselves on the back when we do well or recognize our child when they achieve something, but just that we're sensitive about how we go about it. 
you know, um, that's all we're, we're talking the, about. I mean, here. this whole empowerment is that the real win is just putting one foot in front of the fucking other mm-hmm. and keeping going, yeah, keeping growing, keeping learning, yeah, you know, and that the ultimate idea with we're not done yet is saying we're growing up alongside our kids. And that is how we not just grow up and learn, but how we actually build a true, really deep relationship and true, deep positive relationships are the biggest predictor of happiness research shows mm-hmm. that that it's really good interpersonal relationships so working on those things with ourselves with our partners with our kids modeling and just moving through the world in this way is 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 the most we can do not just for them but for ourselves too right yeah. it's a win-win yeah and i think when i think about a big picture circling around to wrap this up so much of we're not done yet is like you said the acknowledgement that we're growing up alongside our kids but to to acknowledge that we have to kind of hit on this kind of fundamental respect for our children as their own people Mm -hmm. their humanity yeah their humanity Mm -hmm. and their equality in our home we can say you are an equal we are equals Mm -hmm. um and still have our boundaries be responsible and take care of them in the way they need to help help them um when they're having challenges Mm -hmm. and keep them pointed in the right direction but we have to be respectful enough to say you have equal value in this mm-hmm. home. And and that's something that we weren't necessarily raised, our, our culture doesn't believe, mm-hmm. um, culture at large. I don't know. Absolutely. But that's the beauty of it. That's It's so scary to trust in the fact that we can still be in charge of the schedule. We can still be keeping everybody safe and well-fed and, you know, in, in order. And we can also say human to human that I'm not just holding your hand through this process of growing up, but you're holding mine too. And, and, and that's where the real beauty can be. And so that's where the heart of this empowerment, I think, is, is being able to hold hands as equals with our kid. And not just give them the gift of growing up, but also receive that gift from them as well. Beautifully said. As always, we would love to hear your thoughts on our empowerment. So reach out, DM, call, email, contact us, and please subscribe, rate, and review. It helps people find us. Yes. We've also been loving the Ask Us Anything segment at the end. And maybe you have too, if you have any questions about about us and wanting to get to know us at all, um, send us a little... Um, a little dm or something and um we can twin talk it Mm -hmm. we've got one last episode of the season a kind of special holiday conversation that we're really excited about um and then we're going to be taking a little break through the rest of the holidays break yeah Yeah. we'll be back sometime in the new year okay lastly you are doing an amazing job we're so proud of you and we're right here with you taking steps to better understand ourselves our kids and one another so thanks for being here we're all growing up together Until next time. And now for the Ask Us Anything portion of our show where we get a little vulnerable, a little personal, and a lot honest about whatever you are curious about personally and professionally. Mm -hmm. So what was the question this week, Kel? It was, may I ask about your screen time philosophy policy in your household? How do you use screen time with your kids and restrict it, if at all? Well, I mean, this could be like a whole episode screen yeah. time. Um, <clears throat> but uh, I mean, where do we want to go with this? How much, how detailed do we want to get? <laughs> I don't know. So we grew up watching uh, TV on the weekends, right? Mm-hmm. And, and limited channels. And limited channels, like Nature Channel, um, Disney Channel, you know. A&E. 
a and like old black <laughs> channels black yeah. movies. um so we definitely had uh restricted tv and it's been really interesting like you know as as we've been moving into this with our kids we didn't do any screen time until they were three mm-hmm. um, and we just limited screens like they didn't they yeah. never got to touch our phones they never played mm-hmm. any games on our phones i think at first we were just like we just didn't want it to exist around them because we had seen friends who were really going through power struggles with their kids around screen time. And we didn't want it to be, it's kind of like how we were with sugar too, where we were like, let's just pretend it doesn't exist let's for a see while. How long we can put it off and see how long, because there are lots of other things to be doing with our kids and they can learn patience and um, observational skills and all these other things. Their and, imaginations. Yeah. More. Instead yeah. of doing screens. Um, so that was the choice that worked best for us until the girls were around three. And then, we thought, well, maybe they could watch like a Mr. Rogers or a Sesame Street every now and then. So that's basically what we've done since then. And as they've gotten older, you know, they're five and six, the girls are now. Um, and they've been, you know, they they have ideas about what they want or they talk to friends at school. Um, we've had to kind of create a little more of an infrastructure. So we, we just watch on non-school days, um, usually for like half an hour midday, like during like a midday rest. Sometimes um, it's an hour, I feel yeah. like. It kind of depends. Yeah. Um, but we're, I don't know where we, just like with food, we really want them to, you know, just like sugar, TV is an, an addictive substance in some ways. You could think of it that way. Um, it's not necessarily great for kids, just like sugar is, but it's also, we want them to be able to self-regulate with it in some ways and just start building an inner attunement to, wow, I watched too much TV or wow, I ate too much, whatever, and not have all of their understanding around it be created and constructed by us because that's not actually giving them any skills. So now that we've kind of opened the doors to expose them a little bit to TV, we want it to be creating a conversation so that they can begin getting attuned around it. One problem that I've had recently is I remember reading that when you do start watching TV or a movie or whatever it is with your kids, you should be doing it with them so you can mm-hmm. be watching and and it kind of uh, building context and building and, context yeah. and making it a family thing. And I don't think that's ever happened because the only time <laughs> that we put something on, I'm like, okay, now I'm gonna go run and get these other things. I think of or it or lie in, down yourself, or lie something. down myself, read yeah. a book. But I think of it in terms yeah. of like using it as a tool to buy time instead of like oh, to this connect. Is fun. Let's connect and watch this thing. That's been a struggle for me a little bit. Yeah, I think it's tricky. I mean. um what is it? Screen free. What are some of the sites we recommend to just read about free. it? Org. We'll, we'll put parenting. them in our show notes. Yeah. Screen parenting. Yeah. A couple of the things. Um, I mean, I think we skated by for a really long time having our kids listen to audio books mm-hmm. and things like that, where, you know, maybe they were like just needing to chill a little bit. And um, where we normally have put a show on for them, we just gave them little headphones or let them listen to something um, where they could just kind of relax their eyes and just kind of be entertained. Um, And that lasted a really long time. And we still use that quite often um, instead of TV. But, you know, I think it's just one of those things for everybody. It's this beast um, to kind of figure out how you want to integrate it into your lives and what feels good based on your values and your partner's values Mm -hmm. and how your kids respond to it. Like, you know, I think that my kids also like watching half an hour, sometimes they'll get like really bad moody after and feel because, you know, the beta waves in your brain change. Like it's really, we've all had like TV hangovers before when we're Netflix binging or whatever, Mm -hmm. where it just does not feel good. And so it's been a really great opportunity to talk it through and be like, have you noticed sometimes you're not feeling so good after and like, Mm -hmm. okay, let's set up a plan of what we're going to do after we watch this and we'll go get some fresh air or we'll go whatever. But I think that that, that's such a big, a big thing is, is, 
being able to change the plan is mm-hmm. I feel like friends and um, coaching people who we talk to about this stuff they're like we've gotten on this habit and I don't I don't know how to go back and my kid's mad when I try to be like we're not gonna do that anymore but just mm-hmm. being brave at 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 really leaning in and talking about well this has been happening this is I feel like it's maybe not that healthy what mm-hmm. can we do how can we create some boundaries around this and helping our kids be a part of that as well yeah. like I think with food and and um, like desserts and things like that I've had to have like collaborative conversations with my kids about like you know these this is what I'm reading this is what I'm hearing about these foods and not to scare you like we don't ever want it to be like oh my gosh this could kill you or TV's gonna rot your brain like I remember a mom saying that sometimes mm-hmm. Um, but just saying, here's some information. How can we use this information to enjoy ourselves and feel good? What can we do? And I think that conversation can start really early. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the biggest thing with screen time too is that let's look at our own screen time. We're not mm-hmm. done yet. You know, I think most of us want to be on our devices less. Most mm-hmm. of us want to be watching TV less. Most of us want to be working less. And I think that um, kids do notice when we're on screens a lot. And I think looking at the greater screen culture in our families is kind of the big thing that I'm really trying to focus on right now and thinking about what our family, not just the rules are around my kids' screen use, but what are the greater family values around it? And am I upholding that as a parent, not just enforcing it with my kid? Love it.